the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I thank God that I uh, I am old. Thank God that I'm born in the late 60s. That I was raised by and taught by people of character, of principle, people who understood exactly the message Martin Luther King Jr. was advocating for, was demanding the American principles he demanded. But under that kind of life under that kind of American way, political parties don't really have the kind of strength the Democrat mafia needs. Under the true equality, quality of opportunity, not outcome. Governments are neutered. If you really listen to what MLK was demanding, he was demanding that government governments stopped picking favorites, that they lived up to the fundamental foundation of America. That was the message of MLK. It didn't demand or call for a fascistic political party. And that's why the Democrats have to bastardize the message of Martin Luther King. And they have been doing so for 40 years. They've been bastardizing what Martin Luther King said. Democrats specifically. It's not just because Martin Luther King was a registered Republican. It's because what they understood was that in an America where corruption, favoritism, and fascism was not in vogue, they would be saw for the criminals that they are. It would be obvious that Democrats would not tolerate the kind of corruption, and by Democrats I mean the constituents, the kind of corruption that is now commonplace for the Democrat mafia. They would have been disgusted at the collusion and the corruption and the corporatism. They wouldn't have tolerated Congress birthing peoples, senators, married the lobbyists, worth millions and millions of dollars. They wouldn't have tolerated the daily Chicago Mafia, the Madigan Chicago Mafia family. They would have recognized that if the dailies are powerful enough to squash their nephew murdering a 110-pound weakling, which, by the way, the cop that covered that up just got promoted today. I thought I'd, I'd touch upon that on the Sun-Times. The cop that, that covered up the daily nephew murdering the, the, the young kid who was sucker-punched by the six foot four, 300-pound meathead. He uh, is now a lieutenant in Chicago. We have that story in the Sun-Times. We'll talk about that. But these are the kind of things that the Democrat constituents wouldn't have tolerated. They needed to bastardize the message of Martin Luther King, the message of responsibility, the message of true equality, true equality, and uh, the lack of government Manipulation. That's what Martin Luther King advocated for. He wouldn't have stood for any of the modern-day Democrat message. So they have to get a new 
a new uh, martyr. And Joe Biden today, let everybody know exactly who that is. But even Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact that George Floyd's Uh death did. I want you to just take that in for a minute, because when I heard it, I understand that what I'm dealing with is a a professional liar, a political whore, 50 years. But I also understand that I'm dealing with somebody who is suffering from dementia, somebody who prides himself on lies. But this is even too much for me, I have to tell you. Let's listen to it again, shall we? But even Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact that George Floyd's Uh death did. And that's a shame. That's a shame. And this dementia moron may have stumbled onto an inconvenient truth. That inconvenient truth is this longtime scumbag, George Floyd, although you could argue wrongfully murdered, was a longtime scumbag, somebody who kids should be hidden from. And now we're living in an America where this character, this character is now something that has taken over so many neighborhoods that we are forced to fund and an entire political party. But people forget that we are comparing, the president is comparing a righteous man, a reverend, somebody who advocated on fundamental principles of the Enlightenment. That's what Martin Luther King stood for. Versus a meth head who was passing a counterfeit money in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a liquor store, and somehow they could be mentioned in the same breath. So uh, I remember when Candace Owen read the rap sheet of George Floyd. And for all of the people who forgot what Martin Luther King stood for, the, the well-known registered Republican, what he stood for and the message that Martin Luther King had, I want to I let you hear Martin Luther King, and then I want you to hear who they're comparing him to. This is Martin Luther King. This is not the speech that most people are going to play, but this is one that is equally as important. All we say to America is be true to what you said on paper. If I lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country, maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over that. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. And so just as I say we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around, we aren't going to let any injunction turn us around. what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. 
Something tells me that Martin Luther King would have had his Twitter suspended. He would have been kicked off YouTube. Facebook would have put a misinformation tag on him because what Martin Luther King always advocated for was Americanism and principles of the Enlightenment. That's all he wanted. See, because he was dealing with a government favoritism that had used its power as a spear instead of a shield. In fact, I think the defense attorney for all of those people who are being prosecuted by the government should be playing that in the first opening sentence. That's what he was advocating for. But instead, Joe Biden, the dimwit, blind squirrel finds a nut, broken clock right at least once a day, sometimes twice, depending on where it broke, may have stumbled onto something about George Floyd. George Floyd is the new message of the Democrat Party. George, George Floyd who lived his life for the most part as an absolute and total scumbag, somebody who clearly brought down property values by his crime, his presence. Does everyone forget? Did you forget? Now compare, that's Dr. Martin Luther King. Now let's compare him to the new martyr of the Marxist Mafia Democrat Party. To uh, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, ch- and ninth chances. 1998, he spent uh, 10 months in prison for theft with a firearm. Uh, That was the first prison stint that I could find on him. In 2002, he spent eight months in prison for a cocaine offense. In 2004, just two years later, he spent another 10 months in prison for a cocaine offense. In 2005, he spent another 10 months in prison for having um, less than one gram of cocaine on him again. Um, In 2007, and this was the biggest instant um, uh, that I had that made me realize this was a horrible human being that I I, I am not going to pretend was a good person. In 2005, a woman who was pregnant uh, received a knock at the door, um, and she went to the door, and the person pretended to be someone that worked um, for the water department. So she opened her door and quickly realized that the person at her door did not work for the water department and attempted to slam it. At the moment that she was attempting to slam it, a Ford pulled up and another five men jumped out of the car, and one of which was George Floyd, came up to the door, and they forced their way inside to her home. Where he put a gun to her stomach, and they robbed her. In between that, he had time to make a porno. And then, while high on meth and fentanyl, passed a counterfeit 20 in a liquor store. Where then we all know what happened, and the cop who was an idiot kneeled on his neck and killed him. And he died at the hands of the police, and that was obviously wrong. But to equal him, to compare him, to even say that his death had more of an effect, is an indictment of the Democrat politicians who championed a scumbag as a martyr. Because what they understood is they could not pay homage to the principles Martin Luther King demanded and gain fascistic control over everything. It was a smart play by a mafia who knew that if they misused the scumbag, before you know it, society would be in turmoil. Before you know it, people would be demanding that the government use the fascism, the totalitarianism, the abolition of the First Amendment of the principles of Americanism, in the call for some kind of a justice they could never really deliver, just like those countries Martin Luther King despised, China and Russia. I think it's very fair to say, not only was Martin Luther King aware of the Democrat mafia, while he was alive, he'd be disgusted by the Democrat scoundrels 
political whores and scumbags misusing his name, his holiday, to pay tribute to an outright scumbag like George Floyd. 312-642-5600. I'll take all your calls and comments when I get back. Love the music. That's a topic nobody wants to talk about anymore. I don't give a rip. Because it's right versus wrong. It's bad enough we had an 80-year-old with dementia. The fact of the matter is, this stupid son of a dog is right. But even Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact that George Floyd's mm-hmm. death did. Because it was used. It was contorted. It was lied about. Forget about the billions of dollars of damage that was caused by BLM, and I don't mean Bureau of Land Management, I mean the Marxists. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, We uh, are trained Marxists. And now they're real estate speculators because they've raised over a billion dollars in the name of this scumbag. City of uh, Minnesota settled, what, $27 For a scoundrel that should have been given a bill at his death for all the meals he ate in prison for free? Yeah, inside of her home. Um, Mind you, this woman is pregnant. At that point, uh, George Floyd took out a gun and pressed it to her stomach. Um, She was screaming, begging for her life, and, uh, and he put her inside of her living room and instructed one of his criminal friends that was with him what uh, a to guy. watch her. And to so make sure she didn't leave like, the living room okay. so he was playing guard while they ransacked her home looking for drugs and money. They did not find yeah. um, drugs. They Stand ended up taking, character. I believe, her wallet and her cell phone. What Fortunately for her, her neighbor um, observed what was going on and caught the license plate of the people as they yeah. pulled off and called 911. And when 911 was able to, um, they were able to track down the car uh, of which uh, George Floyd was the driver. Um, and they arrested him, and two years later, he was sentenced to five years in prison um, for that instance. Um, now, good now, you can say uh, the media is portraying yeah. He got out, and then he went on another fentanyl ring. Too bad the neighbor didn't shoot him in the forehead when he was actually threatening the pregnant woman. Might have saved a few billion dollars, and maybe uh, the country wouldn't be overthrown by the Marxist mafia, who now, from what I understand, are quite the real estate speculators. You can't make this up. Mary Ellen, Northwest Side. Hi, Sean. Hi, Mary Ellen. So glad you played that tape. That is Misty Callahan. That is the lovely Misty Callahan. See, because um, we've been working together since I was filling in, and now we're like dogs. She knows what I think. We don't even have to talk. And she knows I wasn't going to play the standard MLA clip because I played that years ago filling in when people started to bastardize the message of Martin Luther King and forgot that he was, in fact, somebody who stood on the principles of Americanism and demanded those principles be honored versus a corrupt government, which now all Democrats turn to. So she found the perfect clip, and I appreciate it, and she appreciates you enjoying it. Yes, I saw when he, first of all, when he said, oh, that George Floyd had greater influence than King, I thought, what? I know. What was it? Nelson Mandela and uh, what's his name down there, the archbishop who just recently died, Tutu? Yeah, both one a communist and Tutu hiding up the uh, priests making millionaires out of Boy Scouts. Both scumbags, Yeah, but uh, King had a worldwide influence. Correct. And I'm thinking, this guy's lying in Washington just like he does all the time. Yeah. But then when uh, you played the part about how he said, oh, a free press and a free assembly and so on, I thought, that's why, because I've noticed recently... 
They've been very quiet. You don't hear the, anybody talking about Martin Luther King Jr. They keep talking about Floyd. Now I see why. Because it doesn't fit the narrative. They don't want to talk about, they want to shred the Constitution. That's and what they want to do. You're exactly right. And you know who was working in the government to take uh, down Martin Luther King, Mary Ellen? It was the first LGBTQ member, um, J. Edgar Hoover, and the FBI. As they I was about illegally... to say, wasn't it the FBI? Yeah, of course it was. Wonderful. And they're it still was... up to their old tricks. Yeah, but thank God they got a, they got a, at least one good marksman who was able to take out that scumbag in the synagogue. So we give him kudos, while the rest of the agency, in my yeah. opinion, should go the way of the dodo bird. Thank you, Mary Ellen. I God bless you. Call. Thank you so much. Richard in Blue Island. Hi, Richard. Yeah, hey, Sean, can you hear me? I could hear can you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, yeah. You mentioned about George Floyd putting a gun at a pregnant woman's stomach. Oh, he must have known he was going to have phone problems. Richard, I wanted to hear what you had to say. We had some phone problems. Are you there? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Say it one more time because your phone cut out. Okay, yeah. George Floyd, you know, like you said, put a gun at a pregnant woman's stomach. Now, isn't that what they want his statue at an abortion clinic? <laughs> That's a good way to spin it. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think, Kate, careful, Richard. There may be a job in this for you. Thank you so much for calling the show. I truly appreciate it. All right, I guess I'm going to have to give him a shot, even though I'm pretty sure I'm not going to like it. David and Lancey. Oh, uh, hey, Sean, what's not to like? Like a year, a year and a half ago, I said we should unionize China, and you basically said, well, you know what, after all, David, you're okay. So I thought you said you're okay. David. No, you just understood that a communist country was the same as a union. Don't give yourself a... You didn't become Socrates on that call, but go ahead. What about this one? No, no, no I thought you said you were okay. No, but you, I said you were okay. Anyway, um, uh, you, you have to kind of... You're saying uh, Biden's got dementia a lot, which, you know, he does. Uh, we can't <laughs> deny that, but... Oh, okay. But, that's, but that's, uh, that's taking away from the fact that he's like... At the top of the crony capitalist pyramid, you know, with China and Amazon and Google, who are trying to sell out this country deliberately. Now, his dementia is not stopping him from doing that. You don't have to have an intellect to be a scumbag. That's what I almost like about the fact that they're allowing this buffoon to embarrass the nation himself and really set an example of exactly what a Democrat is. You do not need to have your faculties. You need to have connections. You need to be in the mafia for a legacy. You need to have those people who are willing to buy and sell you so that you can bastardize American power, American policy. I mean, after all, we're just talking about the FBI. Chicago has an FBI. They got one right downtown. And they also have Mike Madigan. They also have Eddie Burke. They also have how many 50 thieves who call themselves aldermen that get indicted time in and time out. Look at Eddie Burke. He's laughing at you in that zoot suit. He's been a gang gangster that would make El Capone blush for 30 years right under the FBI's nose, right under their nose. So you'd have to think maybe they're more interested in squashing people like MLK, who demanded that this country abide by the political fundamentals it was built upon, where they had an, an anemic government, a government that was neutered, not all powerful like now. But maybe they're an apparatchik of it. So they spend more time investigating people who demand for freedom and liberty and the right to say whatever they want to say, because that's what this country is bound about. And that now is an enemy of, it, of the government, just as it would be in China and Russia that MLK spoke of.
Starting to see correlations? I mean, after all, what were they doing when Mike Madigan was building his mafia? What are they doing when you have an alderman that's also a land speculator, that's buying tax auction property with judges, that's making tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars? What were they doing? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. 312-642-5600. I'll be back after this. See, I hate waiting but Bonnie redeems herself with the best music in radio, baby. See, now I want to let it play because I love it. All right, let's go to the lines because Anthony has something that I get from relatives, from all kinds of friends of mine. Anthony McHenry. Thank you, Sean, for taking my call. You know, I uh, like you probably know a few guys and crews and papas and... I love your theory that uh, Democrats are like a mafia, but you know what this moron said today, this scumbag... <laughs> He brought disrespect to the term mafia. Yeah. I never heard anything so low to eulogize a method like George Floyd and denigrate what Martin Luther King did to this world. In it's, a span of nine the seconds. the typical thing I've ever heard. In a span of nine seconds. But, Anthony, I'm going to tell you why you're right. Okay? Because I, I, I grew up with some guys who either they were thought they were wise guys or whatever the case is. But not a one of them would have looked at what Mayor Daley and this Sam Cerrone did by covering up the murder of a 98-pound kid who was sucker-punched by the 6'3", 300-pound fat-ass daily nephew and murdered. Do you know they covered this up? Let me read a little bit of this to you. Sam Cerrone was reprimanded for his role in the investigation, which initially cleared then-Mayor Richard M. Daly's nephew in the David Cushman 2004 death. You see... In 2004, while out one night, David Cushman was punched to death. Really, he was punched once because the fat pig was so big, he punched him. He went down, he hit his head on the curb, and he killed him. Do you ever see that? Go on YouTube and look at the mother after this slow life, low life, Daly's fat-ass nephew. And his punishment was he was sent to California where he works for Ari Emanuel and has since gone on to make millions, the fat-ass pig that he is. Sam Cerrone had faced possible one-year suspension over the case. But he had enough cheese that he, although found guilty by an investigative board of five misconducts, he was reprimanded. And you know what happened the other day? He was promoted. Now he's a lieutenant. That's some mafia dung, brother. That's real clout. That's real cheese. That's not three guys talking about the line at a Cowboys game. This is real no. mafia. And you know what? This comes with pensions. This is a far better deal than those guys that wanted to be bookmakers and loan sharks from my old neighborhood. Thanks, Anthony. And your comment is taken into consideration. Megan, Orland Park. Hey, Sean, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Great. Why has um, my show turned into a morning. Verizon commercial? Go ahead. This morning I was listening to Dan and Amy, and I heard a uh, Martin Luther King speech that I'd never heard before. And it's essentially two sentences, um, or two sentences from probably a much larger speech, if I may share it with the audience. It's called the Street Sweeper Speech. And it says, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets, even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. So he was advocating for take pride in your work. Um, that's the message I got. Um, 
None of this take handouts type of thing. I should have had uh, missed it. Lovely, a very I, I, moving speech. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it, Megan, very much. I should have had the lovely Misty Callahan, and maybe we'll do this one time. Look up um, Martin Luther King's stance on affirmative action. That will ruffle some feathers, brother. Because in case you're not, uh, in case you you you're, you don't have the cliff notes, he wasn't for it because he understood what it would do to not just the workforce in general, but the character of the people who were leveraging their race in order to get ahead. And ironically, that's exactly what he was fighting against. But the modern-day Democrat is offended by equality. What they want is fascism, the bastardization of political power, so they can somehow feel like they're getting ahead. Hey, guys! It's your girl, Shalana, back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to be discussing guaranteed income programs that are accepting applications this month, spoiler alert, there's a lot of states that are accepting applications. Now, a guaranteed income is a monthly, no-strings-attached cash payment given directly to individuals. In some states, it's unconditional, meaning there's no work requirements at all. But you don't have to do a thing, states, baby. You don't have to work for it, okay? No. Now, the idea behind a guaranteed income is that everyone should have enough money to meet their basic needs. And this guaranteed income money is intended to supplement what you're already receiving, not replace your existing benefits. So if you want to know where the money resides, you already know what to do. Stay tuned. Your girl's got you covered. Now, if this is your first time tuning into my channel, hi, hello, hey, friends. My name is Shalay, and here on this channel, we discuss shopping, saving, and everything in between. I would love to have yeah, you Let's go shopping with that free family. money. Super easy. Click I'll the tell you, red subscribe button down below when you're in, just like that i don't know if it's my show or not but her um her membership as i keep a track on it has doubled she's over half a million subscribers and how many people knew there were states out there that were already giving money for nothing and that's on top of all the benefits see that's the modern day that's the modern day democrat mission the modern day democrat mission is to turn us into a backdoor soviet nation through corrupting society and it's working maurice berwin Hey, yeah, Sean. I think we have two separate issues going on here. Martin Luther King really represented more of a civil rights issue. I, I'm more than happy that Martin Luther King did what he did for me. I'm college educated. I, I'm more than happy that he walked and marched for equality. Why George Floyd is such a big deal for younger African Americans, as, as I said to your screener, was it's more about class and it's more about you know, maybe some younger African Americans look up to it in the sense of when people get arrested, they want to be treated like everyone else. Here's what we're talking about is the fact that there's a lot of white dudes who get arrested too. Me. And a lot of younger African Americans feel like, give me a second, let me finish my point. A lot of young African Americans feel like when they get arrested, they're not treated like young white people. Because what people don't talk about is white people get arrested and all the results aren't always the same. Maurice, that would sell to some guy who didn't grow up the way I grew up. You see, I'm pretty as you could be. You wouldn't believe it. I mean, I look like Cindy Crawford, only a man. I'll tell you right now, you know any scar scars I have on my face are from cops. I've been beat by the cops right. after arrested. I've been chained to a cell with one hand while nobody else was chained and given a bologna sandwich like a treat for the other convicts. So don't give me that. And and you want to know something, no, no, Sean, I, I deserve it every time. I'm not saying that. I'm not, wait, Sean, you let me get it. I'm not saying that all black people are killed. 
I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that's why they were able to hold George Floyd up in that way. But why that's were they why able? He, that's why he represents. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Why were they able to glaze over why he was being arrested? and his actions prior to be putting on the ground. You see, because I, I say that, but I don't say I was a victim. I deserved it, because in each and every case, I threw a cop on the ground. In each and every case, I punched some cop. In each and every case, I deserved the beating I got later. Okay? Now, Maurice, he's high on fentanyl. He's high on fentanyl and meth. He's passing a, a counterfeit $20 bill. They're so terrified of him, they call the police. A policeman that he knew and had a relationship with for a decade. Now, a fight ensues. He's a big dude, and he's tripped up on the stuff. Now, I don't think he should have knelt on him. There's no question. But how dare you put this guy's name in the same sentence with Martin Luther King? I uh, agree. Just, see? I now, agree. Look at us. We're agreeing. I but love that's why. The, but that's what you represent to younger black kids, I think. And that's why they, you'd be able to be held up in that way. Would you now, want your son? Would you want your, your son to hear that the interpretation that's being spewed by the Bureau of Land Management, or the one that I told you, as a white guy, that when you beat a cop up, when you push a cop, when you resist arrest, you're going to catch a beating? Which one is the right message? Oh God, George Floyd is not a role model. That's all I wanted to all. establish. All right, my friend. No. All right, don't be mad no. at me. I got to go to break, but you know, I, this is I'm a capitalist. Oh, no, no, not at all. Thank you, Maurice. You I, know I appreciate it. Take the rest of your calls when I get back after this. So this uh, this article that I'm reading on the detective is from the 15th of this month in the uh, Chicago Sun-Times. And um, it's quite damning. It really is. Uh, this is something. Did you know he was originally, the reason they, they, they didn't investigate till 2011, so they covered it up for six years, was that they said it was self-defense. Self-defense. As the kid was walking down the street and he got punched in the head. That's some clout, baby. And what's the repercussions? Oh, you're a lieutenant. That's a big pension. Yeah, that's good. That's some good stuff. Bill, Munster, Indiana. Yeah, Sean, maybe do a little research. Did you ever hear of the upper echelons of the mob in Chicago, the Saron gang? I'm not sure if this guy is, is related to that. So, I mean, well, he might an be. assumption on the... Well, on the I, I don't know. I don't know, but well, it's a possibility. That's a, a big leap because you got to understand it's not an uncommon name. But, you know, I get it, but it really okay. doesn't matter about that. I'm more interested no, no, in this no. particular case, in this particular case, because I don't want to condemn somebody because they're the fruit of the loins of someone else. What I do want to condemn them on is their actions. And this is outrageous. And oh, this it woman, is. It, is. it was this woman's only son. I remember when it happened. And it is on YouTube, and her name is Koshman, K-O-S-H-M-A-N. Do yourself a favor and go look at the mother's interview. And then look at a picture of the kid, who if he was 100 pounds, I'll give you 100 bucks. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it very much. It's a travesty is what it is. And you know what that's called in Chicago? Monday. That's the way it goes, baby. Cut me in or cut it out. Clautopia. And that's why Alderman. What's going on with that Burke's trial? How's he doing? Hmm. How about that ComEd thing? Whatever happened? Doesn't... uh. Doesn't Madigan have a son that's a lobbyist? Who are the companies there? Hmm. I wonder. Where's the FBI? Getting her hair done? 
What do you want, that side part? With your off-the-rack off the suit? Dummies? Pull your head out of your ass. Kip, Stillman Valley. Hey, Sean, thanks, man. Hey, quick shout-out for you having John from Black and Right, man. What a, a, a total freaking good good move there. But let me get right to it. Um, you're totally right with the tax things and everybody not uh, doing anything about the shutdowns and evicting people that were fully invested in their properties, getting freaking mortgaged out and bankrupt and built yeah. back bankrupt. And guess what? They're going to come in through COVID plans or build back better and give people that don't sure. deserve loans to bring back these blue states and and you're totally right on and i just want to say thank you because let's listen america you got to stand up to the wrong in this life with uh, martin luther king day today and having this i just don't thank you kip i appreciate i don't like the bastardization of the man's intention of what he was saying i don't care if it comes from his family if it comes from anybody else the problem is um if we would have stuck to what martin luther king was saying we'd be a much better country we'd have stuck to those principles if he would have lived we'd have been a better society and uh it's a tragedy and it should be given its own right due and respect and it should be thought of singularly and it should never be mixed with an absolute and total scoundrel that's how i feel um let's go to uh splitting hairs with sean robert in bloomingdale yes it's uh robert from bloomingdale sean how you doing good how are you Good. I have to split hairs with you on this one. I'm afraid about Martin Luther King. Did you realize? Uh, let me read this fast. Family members from Martin Luther King Jr. demand today the Senate scrap the filibuster and pass voting rights legislation as they lead a D.C. march honoring him. This is from the Democrats for Life webpage. This would essentially destroy the voting system that we have in this country. No, it wouldn't destroy it. It would Chicago it. It wouldn't destroy it. It would New York it. It wouldn't destroy it. It would nationalize it. And that's, exactly. what the, and that's what the Democrat mafia wants. So they will lie and they will cheat because they love to steal. They are by hook and crook, which is why Chicago aldermen don't get investigated. And when they do, the cases are pushed back. It's why the nephews of mayors can murder people as long as who they murder doesn't have clout as well. It's why you had a once great city of thriving business, prosperity, freedom and working men now turned hey, into a welfare roach state. City. Now I got yes. one last thing to say, though, before I and do respect right. to you. Absolutely. Did you did you realize that uh, J. Edgar Hoover at the time was investigating King as a uh, potential communist? And of course there's a I proof did. Called King I and the Mob that proves that he was a communist. I don't think he was a communist. I think that's doctored evidence. It's preposterous to me, and I paid homage to it by saying the very first member of the LGBTQ who also uh-huh. happened to head up the FBI and liked to walk, prance around in his mother's costumes. He was working as an apparatchik for absolute and total corruption. And he was willing to do whatever it took, include break the law, to monitor and manufacture evidence against a man where there was none. And the big scandal was he had extramarital affairs. Well, here's the good news. They were with women, unlike 90% of the Republican men in Illinois and in Illinois. I will not buy that nonsense. I saw the, the documentary, and if you look at the information, it's manufactured documents because there was a communist lawyer that had weaseled his way in at, at the behest of LBJ. And that's where the real 
connection was. It wasn't because he was a lawyer that Martin Luther King knew for a long time. So believe me, I have the, the curse of reason, and I will not buy the spoon-fed propaganda given to me by the government. 312-642-5600. Actually, when we get back, I have a guest, and I've been waiting to talk to this guy. We'll tell you about him, what we're going to talk about after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I love this show. Absolutely love it. Could not wait to get here today. I'm mad at the weekends. I don't like the weekends. I mean, I like them, but I'd rather do the show during the weekends. Look at Bonnie. She's already mad. She hates doing the show. I don't know why. We have such a good time here, even when guests don't answer their phone. So we uh, we were going to have Adam Waldeck on, um, but he may be in the back of a squad car. After all, he has a company called the 1776 Project. And as you know, spewing American principles and the fundamentals of Americanism gets you in trouble. You're now the enemy of the state. We'd much rather have this Marxist utopia that never seems to be delivered. And in the event that they can't win popularity, see, because this is the dirty little secret that no one wants to talk about, for the first time in decades, more people identify as Republicans than Democrats. That's including the mafia states, which is really something. You see, I'm in a unique position, and I'll tell you what that is. I was lucky enough to understand what made America good from a very young age and position myself in activities that paid benefit to capitalism. The only time I really made bad investments was when I bought real property in Democrat mafia-run areas because socialism and the corruption that goes with the American Democrat Party doesn't bode well for real estate overall. Now, sure, there's going to be those stories and those deals and the, uh, the, the, the areas where it's very difficult to have freedom and have good property values and have good schools. Illinois, New York, New Jersey, and everywhere there's a Democrat party have one problem. The corruption in the municipal systems, in particular the school systems, is so twisted and so corrupted and so bastardized and so ruled by teacher unions that sooner or later they have to jack up the property taxes on good people. And it's a system of failure. It's a system that doesn't work. And it's also a system where when you turn your child over to these schools, they are indoctrinated rather than taught. We were able to get Adam Waldeck, president of 1776 Action, on the line. I want to bring him in to see with a fight he's putting up to right that wrong and if it's still possible. Adam, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So one of the things, one of the silver linings in what I think is the greatest atrocity to American citizens, the reaction to COVID, was that for the first time in decades, people were able to see exactly what was going on in their schools, in their public schools. And the blowback has been wonderful, and I'm hoping big enough. 
But there are particular theories and particular ideologies that kids are taught that have a way of changing the trajectory of a nation. You're putting up a fight specifically against one of these. Can you tell the audience? Sure, yeah. Um, and I uh, I fully agree with what you said uh, in regards to just the, you know, people being home and I think parents seeing, you know, what was going on in their kids' schools on Zoom and otherwise, and it was really an eye-opener. Um, and uh, in terms of what we're doing, I mean, the overarching goal is to really just sort of defeat uh, what we would call anti-American indoctrination in our schools. Uh, you know, the sort of slander of our history and our heroes and our values um, and and critical, things like critical race theory, uh, which are completely just, you know, just p- pitting kids against one another and teaching all the wrong lessons and all the wrong values. Yeah, and so teaching, we're doing that with our... Yep, go ahead, it's teaching, I think it's teaching hatred and it's, it's, it, it's really having a call by people who will end up and have ended up slaves to the government for more government control. It's really something that's bad. And I was always interested in what I saw in Virginia. Virginia is very interesting to me because they were not like Chicago, Illinois, which for 100 years has bowed knee to the the Democrat mafia. Virginia recently, over the last two decades, kind of made that turn into deep blue. When we saw the win of Yunkin, that was something that was really kind of big. And he ran on righting these wrongs. And uh, you were involved a little bit with this, weren't you? Absolutely. Yeah. No, um, we were we were very involved in it. Um, <clears throat> you know, obviously that 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 issue has been, you know, getting talked about all over the country. Um, and our goal was to make sure that it was an issue in that gubernatorial race. Um, we're proud to say that uh, really the first and most public um, stance that uh, that Glenn Youngkin took on that topic of CRT was in signing our 1776 pledge. It was the first time that he really kind of specifically came out on that topic, um, you know, and we then took that. Uh, it, it then created a very, very clear contrast with uh, Terry McAuliffe not too long after who, you know, came out and basically said this whole thing was a conspiracy uh, cooked up by Yunkin and Donald Trump. Um, and so we had done uh, an interview about a 10 minute little kind of documentary type interview with a bunch of the parents that were very involved in that fight. And we then took that and texted it out to about 150,000 voters uh, in Northern Virginia, basically saying, you know, Terry McAuliffe says this is not happening. You should hear directly from the parents. We then brought in Dr. Ben Carson, who we worked very closely with uh, for a rally with a thousand people in Loudoun County, where we had Glenn Youngkin there, as well as Winsome Sears, uh, who's now uh, Lieutenant Governor. Um, and we were very, very involved there and we're very happy with the outcome. And I think it is a silver lining. Um, it is. And it goes to show really that this stuff is not unfixable, you know, and I mean, they just had a statewide sweep um, and real changes are already happening. I mean, he already signed an executive order on day one uh, on CRT, and he's he's very serious about this. And we're going to make sure the right stuff happens. But, Adam, you know what I found? Stay involved. What I found funny was when he signed the executive order right away, the school, Mm -hmm. the heads of the school boards, we don't teach it. Okay, well, then it's no big deal, right? Yeah. Then it's no big deal. <laughs> amazing. But now we're, we're watching them squirm because they were, in fact, yep. teaching it, as they are, in fact, teaching Marxism, as they are, in fact, teaching an acceptance of fascism and a disrespect for the country in general. Critical race theory yep. is merely the latest um, flavor, the latest du jour of the Marxist mafia. In fact, they've been doing this for decades. It's just this is the one they found the most popularity. However, we also found a schematic to win, and that is to run on the removal 
of the indoctrination and the bastardization of American history, is it not? No, it's 100 percent the case. Couldn't agree more. Um, and I think it's also important for people to remember, particularly in a state like Illinois, where you are, you know, Virginia, you talk about the changes that have been underway there. This was not just some like, you know, rejuvenation of Republican voters or something or conservatives that had been sitting that had been sitting back. I mean, the electoral, um, you know, the, the, the political coalition that Glenn Youngkin put together to win that race focused on education was really cut across all lines. There were lots of people that were independents. I know there were a lot of Democrats disaffected with with this sort of leftward, uh, you know, in, uh, just um, you know, just the insanity that's going on in this sort of race to the left, um, you know. And so this was not, you know, I think there were probably conservatives and people kind of on our side who looked at this and would say. Oh, let's not touch this. This is a little dangerous. You know, if this is going to get us into some trouble, I think it makes people a little bit uneasy. But the reality is it is a winner, not just on policy, but it's a winner politically. And, and they should be running towards it. And I would encourage, uh, you know, any candidate, all candidates in your state, uh, Democrat or Republican, uh, to, to also take a stand, um, and, you know, sign the 1776 pledge, take a clear position on this. Um, so, why don't you tell the me the way that it's actually going to change? Tell me about the 1776 pledge. Sure. Yeah. Uh, pretty straightforward. I mean, anybody that's listening that wants to go see it, just go to 1776action.org. You can see it on there. Really, what it is, is it is a statement of beliefs about the country. Um, and it's four very specific things that people will do. Basically, you know, that they will, for example, uh, work to stop any sort of curriculum that pits students against one another on the basis of race or sex. But the, the, you know, the beginning of it is really just, it's really just a statement of beliefs about the country. We want to be able to know when we have somebody that's going to represent us on our school board, where do they, what, how do they, what do they believe about America? Do they think that we're a systemically racist, awful, you know, irredeemably terrible place? Or they, do they believe in their founding principles? Do they believe in our founding fathers? Do they, you know, do they believe in the values that this nation was built upon? And uh, do they think America is worth defending and teaching their kids that it's a good place? That's what we need to know, sadly, about the people that are, that are running to represent us. You can't take it for granted that that's how they feel. And so if they, if they have a problem with saying, you know, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Frederick Douglass, you know, Abraham Lincoln, these are great Americans and some of our greatest heroes, if they have a problem with saying that, well, why do we need them representing us in America? So, you know, and so that's, that's it's, it's really to put people on the record. I love it. I love it. So what I'm seeing now, because you, you could refer to me as Karnak, I have a way of, of kind of picking out things that a lot of people are missing. <laughs> what I'm seeing now, for instance, mm-hmm. in, the, in the fraudulent state of Illinois and what I'm seeing across the nation, is that the Democrats are running stalking horses in Republican primaries. We have two. One announced today, he's a moron, lifelong Democrat, and he's a fraud. He's a mayor of uh, Aurora in Illinois. He's going to be a Republican now running for governor. We have a Silicon Valley-funded, I guess at one time in Illinois, and who came back and he's running under the Lincoln Party, and uh, he's, he's, they got him because he's pretty and they want the women to, to vote for him. So we have this going on, and I think this is going to be the real play by the Democrats because what Virginia showed them is they are losing popularity, even among Democrats who prior to this, they could abuse endlessly and just give more welfare money and they would continue to vote Democrat. I think they're nervous and I think they're preparing to have the 
Democrat stalk, stalking horses run as Republicans. Do you think this would be a problem and that that middle-of-the-road Mitt Romney, Mitch McConnell kind of Republican could throw a wrench in our comeback? Um, well, I think the jury, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know a, a ton about the, you know, that, you know, the particular, um, you know, of the no, I'm giving you there. specifics of, I mean, of Illinois, but I think that's the plan nationwide sure. is to put up Democrats to pose as Republicans and split the vote so that they neuter the, the backlash to their failure and their corruption sure. that they had to pay, you know, that they, that they paid the cost of in Virginia. Well, I think that that is one of those attempts by political people who think that they're smarter than the voters, who think that the voters are dumb, that they don't have any respect for their intelligence. That's the type of move that you do if that's what you believe. And so really in a, in a democracy like ours, it is up to voters to make sure that we are getting people to take clear positions. We're holding them to it. We're asking questions over and over and over. You're showing up at events. Uh, you're asking questions, you know, people that, you know, that have a that have a, a, you know, a platform like you that I'm sure will be calling them out on things and holding them accountable. That's what needs to happen, because if if people just sit back and if people don't don't actually stay engaged in this process, those are the types of tricks that work. And so it's really up to us. No one else is coming. There's no cavalry coming. It's up to us to make sure that that kind of stuff you know, doesn't happen. And that's so right. that's why, you know, for example, with Youngkin, it comes down to. We asked, you know, we said, will you sign this? And we put pressure on him. Other people put pressure on him to do it. He did it. He, he ran on it as an issue. He won. And day one, he started, he started fulfilling that pledge. I mean, what an amazing concept. Campaign on something and then do it. You <laughs> yeah, know? it's and, very and rare. And we hope that that continues. Adam, yeah, I, want you to keep, can... I want you to keep up the pressure, Adam. I love it. And I love that you did it. I had my eye on him. I didn't like him. You know, I know a lot about the Carlisle group. I had my suspicions. And that's the way I think we should look at all politicians. There's no way you should ever. Exactly. And you give you give to these political whores of a different flavor all kinds of attributes you have that they don't deserve. I want to go back to that America where where we understand we need to be suspicious of the people who have nobody watching them. They, in fact, are the watchers. Yep. So I need your group and other groups like you to keep the pressure on. Adam Waldeck, yep. thank you That's so right. much. One more time, tell the people where they can go to support you. Sure. Yep, it's uh, 1776action.org, and uh, we'd love you to check it out and uh, and work with you to get this done because that's, that's exactly right. We're just loaning these people power, and it's up to us to make sure they don't abuse it. I love it. Thank you very much. To quote one of my Take favorite care. Rockies, there is no tomorrow. We'll be back with your phone calls after this. This is how we do it. Now, during the strike, I have to reiterate this. I do go after teachers. During the strike, I recognized that we had 27% of teachers that, in my opinion, wanted to teach. That, in my opinion, probably that is the percentage of teachers that are steeped in American principles. But there is no doubt in my mind we have been infiltrated by Soviets. Sharky is the best example. And in fact, that fish face couldn't even be better than a character I would draw to fill the spot of the Soviet teacher union fraud president. Next to Karen Lewis, who finally found a diet that worked. Next to Karen Lewis, Sharky's my favorite hypocrite. Living in, what, a two and a half million dollar house that his father-in-law bought him? 
spewing communism and destroying the quality of education in Chicago. But not everybody's like that. Let's go to Ike in the car. Hello. Hi, Ike. How's it going, son? Nice to meet you, bro. Nice to meet you. I wish it was in person. All right. So I, right, right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm actually a teacher, a member of the teachers union, and um, I, you know, um, I've been a long, uh, avid listener to AM five sixty since whew, probably twenty fourteen fifteen. You know, I remember the Joe Walsh show around this time. You remember when I used to fill in? Um, yeah. That's yeah. the only time that show was any good. Go ahead. <laughs> oh no, nah, man, Joe was pretty good. Go no, but seriously, um. You know, I, I understand you guys ragging on the, the union, and I, I kind of gave you a code name because I don't want to, you know. But I'm, but everybody isn't like that. And I know that from firsthand experience. Um, I actually do want to teach, and I do want to teach in good conditions. But you know, unless people have actually been in the classroom and seen, so I you know my what, opinion. What conditions are my opinion rough, man. Oh, I understand. Don't even I wear masks. My opinion comes from a teacher that taught in the in the Chicago public school system for decades. She's a relative. And I was there at the end of her career as she identified the problem, which was multifaceted. And it is a multifaceted mm-hmm. problem. But Ike, true. But Ike, to not recognize, and I, and I know you do, and I'm not speaking specifically of you, to not recognize right. the, the corruption within the teachers' union, the fraud there within, and the disservice that happened over decades of this self-serving teacher union, which didn't promote people who wanted to teach and inspire individuals and reward individuals. See, I like a system that would have done that, that would have taken those teachers that wanted to be those standout people in the community, that wanted to go that extra mile and rewarded them better than everyone else. What the teachers union wanted to do was pay extremely well for mediocrity. And what you see on the news tonight, Ike, and what unfortunately, I don't know what grade you teach, but I'm sure you deal with, the disrespect in the classroom, right? The way in which society or, or the government has sided with predators over victims, and it breeds mm-hmm. more predators. And the way you've been neutered, in the way you can even correct that and influence that, and the way it demoralizes good teachers, in there is the problem. So I'm not speaking of Ike's, and I'm not speaking of Minas, which was the name of the woman who is in my family. I'm speaking of the Sharkies. I'm speaking of the charlatans who go on vacation and make fun of us while they demand more time off. I'm speaking of those scoundrels that want to make $190,000 a year and drive nicer cars than their students live in houses. That's who I'm speaking of. Thank you, Mike. One last thing. One thing, Sean, can I say? Yes. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. You're here. One thing. As teachers, like what you'll see in media is just broad, but as teachers, we're just teaching what the policies of CPS hands down. I have so many stories. I can write a book in 17 years. I had a student bring a gun to class twice. He got four days out of school. Kids Ike, you should write a no book. Math. There's student you, dice. It's all types of stuff. Ike, you but should write a book. I can only do so much to the student code of conduct, the policies that we must adhere to. I think we're doing a disservice to the children by teaching them the curriculum that we're teaching them. But I can only teach them the curriculum that and, they tell us to teach. And that's because the union is a mafia, and they want to buy the books from their contributors, and they want to buy the books from their insiders, and they're not interested in the truth. They're interested in the money in it, and that's why you're mandated to teach that BS. But I want to let you know something. A teacher saved my life more than one occasion. So the impact you have as the individual you are is more important than the way in which they're making you destroy 
the education system because you're smart enough to convey the truth while still obligating whatever it is they want you to spew. So thank you, Ike. I wish you the best of luck. And write that book, Ike. Write it. Because every teacher that doesn't want in and sees the failings and the corruption in this organized crime called the Teachers Union nationwide should blow the doors off that scam. 312-642-5600. You know, I canceled my doctor's appointment in the sewer of Illinois. I was thinking about it. I had it. They postponed it. They postponed it. And I thought to myself, I've got a big likelihood of somebody being a Democrat touching my beautiful naked body. I couldn't stand the idea. I canceled it. I made an appointment down here. I know. I will I will not have a Democrat touch my beautiful naked body. Tom, Blue Island. Hey, Sean. Yes. Uh, great comments. Uh, the first half hour about King in relationship to, uh, and the gentleman that called, I'm sure, mental ill by it, but uh, Kane, this guy is a communist. Well, you know what? He's To me, he may as well be John Jay or uh, Hamilton or Adams because nothing the FBI says or does is to be believed anymore. Granted, Ruby it was Rich. old technology when I studied everything he said. When I read everything. Yeah, Ruby Rich. Yeah, it was Ruby obvious Ridge that they were a, Ruby Ridge wasn't a militia. Yeah. Um, Bundy was not some crazy rancher. Crest mm-hmm. uh, down there in Waco wasn't some. Everything the FBI does is to be questioned, and I don't want to. We hear enough of the BS. I'd love to use the word January sixth about. Uh, oh, it's, it's not the rank and file FBI. I don't want to hear that crap anymore because yeah. they're participants. Absolutely. And you want to know something else? Um, Daly's nephew wasn't um, using self-defense. Another lie by government officials. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Tom. I appreciate it. We'll do that another time. Marcy Elgin. I love the ladies. Hi. Hi, Hi. Sean. I have suggestions for our beautiful American citizen voters. First of all, if they would like to, con- it would be a good idea for them to contact their state senators and reps and go to the local library. If they're not sure who they are, they'll get their names and telephone numbers. Now, I also have some demands that I would like to, to read to you because i got to get this off my chest. Well, we only got about 40 seconds now. be eliminated. Demand paper ballots. Demand proof of voter registration. Demand fair security at polling places. Demand that no ballots be be accepted after official poll closing time for military and the elderly who cannot get to these places all right marcy i gotta let you go i got five seconds but here what you're asking is for voter integrity and that is the enemy of the fraud democrat we'll be back after this from the streets of melrose park to the trading floor of the murk He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I, I love doing the radio show. I love it. I get to meet wonderful, interesting people. My, Michael Warren Davis, we met him a while ago. He's the author of The Reactionary Mind, Why Conservative Isn't Enough. He's got a new book. 
The Guide to Happiness for Humans, Living in a World Where Everything, Government and Business, Pleasure and Pain, has grown to an inhumane scale. He's not big on short titles, but he really likes long titles, and he really writes good books. Michael, how are you? Thank you for joining me. Hey, it's great to be back. And uh, I think, now can I ask, last time I came on, uh, I think I promised you that I was going to write an article arguing for secession. Is that yes. right? Yes, you did. Yes. And it I worked. did it. And it's done. It's in, the, uh, it's in the new edition of the American Conservative. I love that. Now, did you take all of the tenets we had discussed, how um, yeah. at, this, at this point good people are captive to corrupt states, Marxist mafias, and uh, they need an That's out? That's it. All right, good, good, good. This That's it. Good. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I am, I am. Well, I listen, I, I like everything you write. I really mean it. I think you're, you're a good writer. <laughs> okay. And I'm impressed with you because you're a young man. And uh, it's inspirational to see somebody young who um, understands exactly the fight we're up against and understands the gravitas of our circumstance. And uh, tell me a little bit about your book, because from what I can ascertain from the title, it obviously is focusing on how to tolerate this when you know what you're under rule of is a corrupt, organized crime family like the Bidens and his regime. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that's um, that's a great way to put it. The, uh, the, the, the idea behind the book, basically, is that, uh, well, you get from the subtitle, conservative isn't enough. It's not enough because... We've been losing for so long that there's literally nothing left to conserve. If we want anything good for ourselves and for our country, we have to take it back. We have to dig it up from the ruins and restore it. Um, and that's why people like you and me seem so radical. You know, if we were standing here with Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, we would be normal. Yeah. Um, if we, you know, we, you and I believe what the founding fathers believed. What every normal person believed before, you know, 20 years ago. Um, we're normal. Everyone else, the rest of them are freaks, right? That's what Evelyn Law said. We're normal, and we can't forget that. Um, but if we want to make the world normal again, if we want to put it right, um, then we have to take drastic action. And the idea of cons of being a conservative, of, of you know, of, of modest or measured, slow change, that's not, we can't stand for that anymore. Um, we have to take the we have to take we have to take the fight to the enemy, and we have to take back what they've taken from us. Um, and so, and that's the I mean that's the subtitle the uh, the idea of the of what a reactionary is uh, in real terms is someone again what 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 you and I are we uh, we believe that there's a conspiracy between big government and big business to take away our freedoms, our faith, our families, and our country. Um, and the reactionary mind, I loaded it with as many, with as many practical tips on how to live a totally anti-modern lifestyle, to to devote yourself totally to the counter-revolution, to the war, to take back um, what is rightfully ours, as I can. The second half of the book is all stuff that you can use in your everyday life. The first half is uh, just an explanation on how we got here. So, yeah. I, anyone that likes your show, I like to think that they would like the book. Oh, I love that. And I would say the only thing I completely agree, but the only thing I would change is that we've identified the conspiracy of corrupt government and big business. And it's undeniable the way that I can see it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I'm seeing something that um, I think is the only thing that could trip us up. And I'll tell you what this is. And I want to know if you see it as well. Illinois is an interesting. It, it is the prime example of corrupt government and the normalization of corruption so that the people feel helpless against it and just become disgruntled and detached. 
But what they're doing is interesting, and I think this will be the play for the Democrats nationwide. And what that is, is that they are running stalking horses. And they have bastardized the word conservative, which is why I never liked it. I remember listening to, I can't remember if it's Milton Friedman or Ayn Rand, and they said we're talking about conservative. And it really stands for nothing. It's just a, it's, it's a word salad. Um, because they're not fighting to conserve principles. They're fighting for a Fabianism. And this is something I recognized when I was young. I went to a Republican party, and it was a fundraiser. I was invited, and I was listening to these guys, and they were all upper crust guys. And uh, I must have looked like I blended because they started to talk about, you know, sometimes you have to tell people what they want to hear in order to get into office, and then you rule with this this, uh, compromise, and you have to compromise. And I said, well, I think you guys are wrong. Compromise is something you do with someone you love. You cannot compromise on a principle. You can just give it up. And this was an argument I had, and that's when I identified what Fabians were. And I realized we are really in a war between Fabianism and Marxism. And this is the two parties we have. And what they can do is deceive us by running someone as a, as a, as a casual Fabian. So they have these stalking horses popping up in all of these Republican primaries. And they're going to be financed by corporatists. And they're going to say, I'm going to be a Lincoln Republican. And then you'll find out that they're sponsored by Silicon Valley Democrats. Or you'll find out they were Democrats and they're sponsored by a big money Chicagoan. And I think this is going to be the only thing that could trip us off. And I'm curious to know if you see this and if you think the people are smart enough to identify the frauds within our own party. Calling them Fabians is so smart, and I never would have thought to make that connection. But that is that is, that is absolutely what they are, and that's absolutely true. They're they're quote unquote moderate Marxists. They're not quote unquote moderate conservatives, or whatever you want to call them. That's that I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, and I think that that's the uh, that's the the question that we have to keep putting to our own people, isn't it? Because you say, you know, you say, well, what are you what what are your political views? And they say, I'm a conservative. Well, no, I don't. Care. Tell me what you actually believe in. Give me a give me a bullet list. They say, well, I believe in small government. I uh, I believe in small businesses, and you know they can go on. I believe that um, that you know marriage should be between one man and one woman. That life begins at conception, and go on and on and on. And then you say, how many of those do we actually have in America today? They say, well, none of them. I said, so you're really not a conservative, are you? And a real conservative would be, and you're right, it is basically word salad, but if there is such a thing as a conservative, maybe the moderates are right. Maybe, you know, Hillary Clinton's the real conservative. She's pretty happy the way things are right now. She's a Goldwater girl. Yeah, that's true. You know what? That's true. Yeah. Um, but if you know, but and this is the this is the line that they've been you know using for a long time. But you know, under Stalin, a conservative would be a Stalinist. Under Mao, a, a conservative would be a Maoist in the literal sense. But if you believe, and a lot of people, good you know people believe, call themselves conservatives, and they have our they share our principles, and it's at the end of the day, a name is a name. But I think that the if 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 people had to really reckon with the do the fact that there is nothing left to conserve, um, I think that it would change the way that our politics works. We wouldn't be so complacent because we wouldn't be basically calling ourselves complacentists. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, I, I hear this more and more from people that what I they're really advocating for is a light-handed version of corporatism. And they keep calling themselves Republicans. And what they're willing to accept is a Fabianism. And I'm wondering, is it just too far gone? Is that argument, has that 
you know, horse left the barn? Is it is it too hard to point out that the Republican Party you you are calling for the the George W. Bush Republican Party and even aspects of the Trump Republican Party are a version of Fabianism that you should be rejecting on the same principle with the same vigor that you reject Marxism with. And when you see that so many people are more drawn to character, personality, a cult of personality, versus the principle of Americanism, you get kind of disgusted with it, and you turn your back on it. I did. I walked away from everything. And I said, you know, i, I got to tell you, when my choice of a Republican is Bruce Rauner or Mitch McConnell or Mitt Romney versus Hillary Clinton, I say none of the above. And I've done that my whole life up until this last election where I realized what we would go through if we were dumb enough to allow this dimwit and diapers to take over the country. And here we are. And now how do you recover when what we're facing is guaranteed illegitimate voter rolls and voter outcomes sold as a right to vote after an election where record people voted? That's a great question. Well, you and me and your listeners, we are we are Republicans in the very literal sense that we believe in a republic. We believe that people have the right to rule themselves. And uh, that's certainly not true of the Democratic Party. And it's certainly not true of at least half of the elected Republican officials, clearly more than half of the elected Republican officials. It is not true of. And uh, that's that's a tough position that we're in because again, that's uh, if we you know we are as you know our our ancestors fought the American Revolution um, to give us a republican form of government. We're entitled to a republic by the blood that was shed by our forefathers. Um, that's not in dispute. They you know the, the people can, you know no one no elected official can pass laws taking away our freedom or our right to self government. Uh, and so uh, you're asking, what do we do about it? Yeah. What's that? They have. They have passed those laws. And now they're guaranteeing. Right. I listened to, 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 to Diapers read the teleprompter tonight. He's guaranteeing <laughs> legitimizing voter harvest, ballot harvesting. He's, he's guaranteeing letting anyone vote, same-day registration, all of the things that can keep them in office, all of those things that, that is the Chicago way, and all of those things that give those people that hopeless sense where they've destroyed literally not just cities but states. And I, it brings yeah. me right back to what your paper is. It brings me right back. I have the benefit and the knowledge and the experience of living in a state that believes in the same principles you and I advocate for. And it is a different world that I want for all of my listeners. And I only think the only way they can do that is to go to those states that protect their principles. And it's a shame. And I'm not advocating for violence. I'm advocating for an ideological no. separation from tyranny and abuse and fraud. And unfortunately, um, I don't think we have that intellect anymore to make the argument intellectually of why I am not your slave and you do not rule over me. I think we've lost that, and now you've got this angst and aggravation that I can't see you know, ending well. Yeah, I uh, well, I'm holding right now in my hands today's issue of the New Hampshire Union Leader, and uh, the, the top headline is, Critics of automated voting machines pack hearing, uh, which did happen. And I and I, I think that uh, when we were talking about secession last time, and I I talk about this in the last chapter of my book, I, uh, I I think that this is this is one of the most important and most concrete steps that people can take 
if they want to help themselves and to help our country, is they can get up and they can move to one of these contested states. And there are there are yeah. you know there are battleground states, but then there are states that you know they're they're not just you know teetering between conservative and and liberal or Republican and Democrat, but there's a fight for the soul of the state. Texas is one of those states. You know, right now Texas is being flooded with liberals that are leaving California. Their failed blue state policies destroyed California. They're going to Texas, and they're voting for Democrats. They're going to put in uh, the same blue state values and destroy that state, and that's a shame. And they, and you know they and and the, the people of Texas need our our support and our prayers as they as they try to fight that off. New Hampshire is the same way. There's a war for the soul of New Hampshire. Um, people from Massachusetts There's, and New York are moving here, and you know, and we have to we have to fight those political battles again. I, I just totally nonviolent, as you say. I want to just tell you, I think there's a silver lining there, and I'm going to tell you what I mean by this. If you look at the outcome of the Ted Cruz race when he was running against the Irish guy called Beto, if you look at that, the people that voted for him and what saved him were those Californians that had just moved there and, re- and voted and registered Republican and voted for Ted Cruz. That's literally what saved them. And he eked that out. My experience, I, 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 I'm in South Florida on, bo- I, on both coasts. I work on both coasts. So I have, like this weekend, I drove to Lauderdale. And I do that all the time. Those people that I meet, now granted it's just my little experience, but I meet a lot of people. I'm very popular. I'm just kidding. But what, those people that I meet are people like you and I who were f- mm-hmm. neutered in these corrupt states like New York, New Jersey, and the rest of the East Coast, including Illinois. And they, for the first time in their life, are in their 50s. And they want their vote to matter. They want to be recognized. And they love the protection that DeSantis in Florida has shown over this last two years of an atrocity we call a COVID response. So I think there is a silver lining. I just want brains like you to work on how to legally do it I'm not interested in violence. I'm not interested in anything. But the way that I understand the paperwork is that my consent is what's the most important thing, which is why when I saw Joe Biden and what he was going to do and the usurper that he is, I revoked my consent. It's, a, it's not a trivial thing. It's a powerful thing because America is not a place. It is an ideal. And we need to understand those principles and reestablish our rights through our intellect and through our documentation and if 74 million people would revoke their consent instead of being dragged around i think the country would be better off there's uh i think there's an argument to be made that you know we're not actually going to have to do much of anything if uh if prices if the price of goods keeps going up if uh if if the if the president keeps capitulating to our enemies overseas and uh and if he keeps you know stoking conflicts with with you know nations like Russia, this you know this 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 whole conflagration is going to come together at some point, and uh, you know it's it's entirely believable that at some point the you know the the the, the supply chain and the the central government are just going to shudder, right? Yeah, and. Uh, and and will be in you know, there there will be no central authority there will be no there will I'm be no Putin's going to swoop in or, or Xi Jinping and I don't want to learn Mandarin although I do enjoy some of the traditions of China I still don't want to learn Mandarin and I certainly don't want to be one of rootin' tootin' Putin's KGB guys but I do think there is um, a future and I do think it's bright because I'm going to advocate for your book sale. I'm going to advocate for people tuning into your articles and for people listening to these shows because this impact among the average American is what will change things. And I do think we still have a very good chance. And as always, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. And when you release an article... 
Come on. I want to talk about it. All right? I will. It's a pleasure and an honor. I'm very grateful to you for having me back on. And uh, if your readers buy the book, I hope they I hope they like it. And uh, they can go on my Substack, The Common Man, and, and contact me and, and tell me about their experience. I love to hear from readers. Uh, and I'd love to hear from listeners. So please don't be shy. He is and Michael. I would, of course, I would love to come back on your show. Love it. Michael Warren Davis. What's the website, Michael? Uh, so it's uh, the com- commonman.substack.com is my newsletter. And then my normal website is uh, northofboston.blog. Love it. Michael, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Thank you, sir. God bless. God bless. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. I love this call. I'm so mad I'm up against the clock because this is a 10-minute call, and then we're going to try and fit it in because it's from Austin, Texas, and it's long distance. Kevin? Sean, I'm asking you not to hang up, man. I know you got to go, though, so I'm going to be quick. Yeah, so Austin, Texas, the majority of people are coming here from the Midwest are people who are Republicans, and they vote Republican. So I agree with you on that point. The other thing on the, the, the guy that you had – he said that we got to take back the Republican Party, right? So for those people who can't move out of Illinois, if, if you don't get involved, what are you going to do? Because you might as well just roll over and, and take a big bite out you're, of your my pillow. And you know how late. you know how much I think you're a smart guy, but you're missing the picture. You cannot take back the Republican Party from within the corrupted Illinois. No, Republican you Party. can't. That's why you got to get involved in the precinct level. No, no, no. That's why you have to go to where you are and be your neighbor. And you strengthen the already righteous party, the already righteous state, because you cannot curb. No, if you can't get your, Illinois, what are you going to do? You Go can't get Illinois. Illinois is done. You have never had it. Illinois has been done for 100 years. Done. If you can't over. get out of Illinois, what do you do? You can always, brother. You can always, always. I didn't say it'd be easy. And I didn't say it'd be I wish you would take calls from people who say, hey, I can't get out of Illinois. What should I I'll do? take all the calls. Yeah, so what to do. And I'm going to show them how to get out of Illinois. What do you mean you can't get out of Illinois? It's not 1843. What do you got, to ride a covered wagon? It's America, baby. No, some people got businesses. They got family. They can't make it. You don't have a business if you're in Illinois. Pritzker has level, a business. They can, they can. You don't own a business in Illinois. If, Pritzker if owns the business. You work there. Time, if there's ever a time to change Illinois politics, it's right now. No. You got more people who dine They're running two stalking horses. Democrats. Two stalking my, horses. Got, I'm not talking about the stalking horses. I'm talking about the, 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 no. the precinct level. They already Mike split Madigan the vote. Gone. The head of the snake Brother, has been cut off. This I love it, Kevin, but you're, you can't see the forest through the trees. You keep talking about it. You can't even get the Republicans behind you. It's head up by a lawyer who doesn't give a rip. He likes second place. They're in control of the pot dispensaries ask, ask and the growing and the gaming. This, they love it. Ask their guests what they think about the precinct project. All right, we'll ask him. Thank you, Kevin. I'm going to answer his question and discuss it more when we get back. That'll be, I'm doing the tease now, buddy. Don't bother me with the tease. That'll be after Joanne Jeanette and the news. The insider trader of the year, Nancy Pelosi, post-op Pelosi, little Demerol high. Get off the table, Nancy. She was something in the 80s. At an MLK Day event, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson have tears in their eyes that the filibuster is being used to stop us from nationalizing elections. <laughs> to be a Democrat, you really are such a roach, you have no idea. And there are certain states and areas, they are the status quo. 
the one-party rule, organized crime, and the people like it that way. And I believe the sewer of Chicago and the county of Crook has infiltrated throughout the state of Illinois. After all, how can somebody explain to me this child, Lauren Underwood, child, without an Illinois driver's license, said she lived with her mommy and daddy, is now the Congress birthing person, right along with Sean Castle. It was a Democrat sweep. And that's when I said, now live in the sewer that you built, you rats. Jammed. It has been nearly two months since the Omicron... Oh, wait, I hit the wrong thing. The late Congressman John Lewis wrote that democracy is not a state, it's an act. I urge my colleagues in the Senate to act, to prioritize democracy, and ensure access to the ballot box is not undermined. I urge them to send voting rights legislation to President Biden's desk to be signed into law. Thank you, and I yield back. Joe Biden got 17 million more votes than Barack Obama. 15, 16 million more than the Duchess of Chaffington. Voter turnout has never been higher. And yet this is what they're going to run on. Because they need to bastardize the vote, to neuter the opposition to the mafia. So I say, take your welfare states, keep them. Go live in the utopias you built, also known as sewers and ghettos. Live in it. Now it's time to go our own way. It's a divorce, a national divorce. You keep your corrupt schemes, and I'll take honesty. I'll take the states that promote integrity and law and frown against the corruption where this scallywag worked her way up through. Or Sean Caston and his daddy, all tied into the waste management mafia and their phony business. That's what Illinois says. I like the cut of your jib. You should be a congressman. Now, all of those scum that voted for him, you go live in the ghetto too, Roach. See, that's how I view it. I don't think you can turn around those states. I think they like it just the way it is. After all, how else could you vote for a child without a driver's license from the state she's a Congress birthing person from? Or Sean Caston, legacy scumbag. Or any of the other notable Democrats. How about the hand puppet that's the new Speaker of the House? His last name is Madigan as far as I'm concerned. He's irrelevant because he'll step and fetch to whatever Mike Madigan and the Marxist mafia say. Yeah, I know, he likes hitting women. Try hitting me, tough guy. See how that goes. All right, no swearing, Uncle Ralphie, crackpot, no swearing. I'm not going to swear, son. Uh, You're in my wheelhouse with this Texas thing. You know, we... I'm running a girl. She got nationwide attention because she got thrown in jail because she wouldn't close her salon. And, but, you know, Abbott's got this, I think uh, Levin called him the governor of the country. He's as big a rhino as there, as there is. And I'm getting nervous because these people in all the California. The, the keep Don't the be. They'll save you. Texas. Don't be. They'll no, save you. Well, I Believe hope so, me. brother, that because that's what. Listen, the diaper dimwit got. Three, he got three percent more, three uh, percent less votes than Trump did in Texas. He should have got thirty-three percent less, not three percent less. I'm nervous about what's going on in Texas. Oh, you should be ner- you should be nervous. But ultimately, I want to to give the only people who really want to go back to a republic, who really want to go back to legitimacy, are the people who have lived in corruption and rejected. Those are the only I, ones. So welcome I every Illinois. You know that to me is what what will save you. What what will harm I you? Is the illegal aliens and the fentanyl? I did it ten years ago. I did it ten years ago, and the guy we're running against is a big Republican lawyer in North Texas, and he voted to decriminalize uh, voter fraud. 
And it, it, we're not out of the woods here, my friend. No, I love no. your idea of taking the 21 states and, and dividing them off. I've been working my, you know, what off for the Texas National Movement, and of course the Austin shot that down. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, it, these guys are like rust. They never rest. No, they, they never don't. rest. They're tireless, it and, and the, the reason is there's a lot of money in the corruption. So all of these yeah, scumbags no are in on the scam. Why else do you think a developer <laughs> from Winnetka gives a five thousand dollar a plate fundraiser for for and, uh, Lori Lightfoot? Because they're in right, on the and, scam. So you can't and, and beat why, that, you know. Well, and why would the governor sit there in a state that's got more natural gas than any place else in the world, with third and overall in oil, and we got a third or more than a third of our stuff in these windmills? Holy Don Quixote, for Christ's sake! Yeah. Texas is, the, is the the hell out of state. yeah, Texas is the greenest state in the country. Most people don't know that. That's why so many people say they, they say these uh, uh, smart meter 20 years before Illinois did. Yeah. I'm the only guy in my county that doesn't have a smart meter because I'm not saying on it. Everybody changes to a smart meter and might get shot. Uh, it's about three months after I put that sign up, the sheriff knocked him with us to take the yeah. sign down. I said, why take the sign down? Is your why, do I feel, anyway? why do I feel like I'm going to be reading a story and tell my daughter, I love this guy. I used to work for him. Listen, will you stay out of trouble, you crackpot? Yeah. Just stay out of yeah. trouble. Well, I got, hey, listen, right. I'm yeah. 76. I got a lot of time left. I'm yeah. going out with a glass of Listen, I love you. I'll talk to you later. I love you, too. All right, Thank, Thank you. 312-642-5600. He's my Uncle Ralphie. I adopted him. Um, but I will say, I find this awful troubling that after an election where record votes, instead of celebrating record votes, I don't know who was denied. Has anybody produced somebody who was denied a legitimate vote that couldn't cast a vote? Has anybody found anyone? Is there anyone? Even those people where they ballot harvested, you know, from the insane asylums or old people homes or convalescing homes. They say they couldn't vote, even the ones that are dead. I guess those are the only ones that couldn't vote. Or can't say they voted, even though they did. They can't call for any. Well, maybe that's what they want. There's more of that. After all, that explains Biden's speech. It's about two insidious things. Voter suppression and election subversion. In his time, through his... What? Where is the voter suppression? Where is the election... So you are the election subversion. You subverted the elected election. You did. I know... We're not supposed to focus on how the time... Why was it shut down for four hours in all the key states you won? Anybody? Anybody. Why did you shut it down for four hours? What happened? What happened? Good thing you got those Democrat judges to say that there was no standing, you know, when states tried to sue. Good thing you got the Democrat judges that circumvented the state legislatures. You know, the only way that voter rules are supposed to be cut for states, you better nationalize the corruption. You better do it. Because your name is mud, kid. Uh, you obviously don't have a mirror in all of Washington because you can't see what a scumbag you look like to honest people. By the time this idiot is done destroying the country, Democrat will be thought of by everyone the way I think of it now, as a dirty word, as an acceptance of corruption and crime, as a tolerance of failure and fascism. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. <laughs> Vegas when he was shot. Biggie, that's Biggie. Love him. Love him. I was in Vegas when he was shot. What a crazy night that was. They shut the casinos. That was like the first COVID reaction. They locked the casinos. You couldn't go in or out. It was crazy. Mayhem. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I was in Vegas when Tupac was shot. Tupac was shot in the BMW with Shuggy. 
Uh, it was a long time ago. I couldn't remember. Back then I was drinking. And uh, it was something, boy. And the war between him and Biggie. And then Biggie died afterwards, right? Yeah, you know, buddy. Come on, you're up on that stuff. So there's another pretend war we're getting from the Democrats. And here's the thing about Democrats and media and propaganda. These are a bunch of people who worked literally for the Democrat Party. They are the propagandists of collectivism. They've been spewing all of the nonsense that led to the $30 trillion debt we pretend is the debt and the $240 trillion when you factor in the liabilities. They've been spewing how all this is going to work. For 40 years, 40 years, the media has put lipstick on the socialist pig that is the Democrat Party. 40 years. So I always love it when they give Republicans advice. When they give advice, they tell us how to win. Because they're interested in you winning. They're interested. Now people are going to follow around the media because the fact of the matter is there's a large percentage of us that don't want to think, have forgotten to reason, can't look at their own reality and decide exactly what the failure is. And those are the same people who ask for government to continue to help them even though they destroy their life. Now I have more clips of the free stuff that's coming out. There are... About 27 states that already have a basic income program that nobody knew about. It was in the $1.9 trillion swindle that Biden first passed. There's scandal after scandal of the infrastructure. The Joe Biden administration is a scandal. The FBI has had the laptop for two years that incriminates Joe Biden to Russia, to China, to the Ukraine. It's, it's, it's prima facie evidence of why this man should be removed and impeached immediately. We all know this, but the, the media would rather tell us about what to focus on. So they're doing it again, and they want you to believe that um, the big fight is between Trump and DeSantis. Now, I have no inside knowledge to the relationship of Trump and DeSantis. I do know that DeSantis has made a climate of, of a fantastic state to live in, and he has done that by respecting the principles of Americanism. He's done that by even with the people that... Uh, are his adversaries, so much so that there's a rumor that they're not even considering putting up much of a fight for the the election, which he'll easily win this year for governor of Florida. I personally don't want him to run for president because I think he's better as a governor. And I think a president, from what you see, what you saw with Trump, will be inundated with lobbyists, will be intimidated by the Marxist mafia. I mean, after all, Trump... If anybody could have stood up to the Marxist mafia when it came to shutting down the economy and seizing the property rights of business owners nationwide, rather than letting the states that are more inclined to do that do it, he bended knee, and that was it. I said, are you kidding me? I know that there's only one guy now that could have stood up against that, and it's DeSantis. But I don't want to see his family, his wife who's battling cancer, his kids, he's got a one-year-old. I don't want to see them go through all that. But I do believe he recognized right from wrong early on. And the Trump people aren't going to like it, but too bad. You should have been demanding it. You know, like, you know, could you, what could you do, um, you know, earlier? I mean, I think like it, when, when, when COVID was first coming, you know, we were actually engaged in it. Uh, I was telling Trump, stop the flights from China because we didn't know what we were dealing with. Um, 
But, you know, I never thought in February, early March that it would lead to locking down the country. I just didn't. I didn't think that was on the radar. Uh, I was dealing with, I mean, I had Pence and uh, the CDC director down at Port Everglades talking about cruise ships the second week of March, and no one was talking about shutting down the country. And I think if knowing now what I know then, if I if that was a threat earlier, I would have been much louder about, you know, trying to say this is not. But what that's the reason he should be president. It's also the same reason that the Marxist mafia will do nothing but attack him, slander him, attack his family, his wife, his kids. That's what they do. They can't possibly reflect on what they've allowed happen to this country while they promoted the agenda of the Marxist mafia we call Democrats. So that's why I personally would rather have him as the governor of Florida. Because he makes it pleasurable, enjoyable, because he pays homage to the founding principles of the rights of the individual, not the favoritism of the corruption. Another fast show. Fastest show on radio. I'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.